Another Friday, another WTF Vegas week. But hey, like they say, Vegas is different. Today on CityCast Las Vegas, my co-host Vogue Robinson and our lead producer Sonia Cho Swanson are going to discuss as much as we can, including the rash of fires in the valley, including some big ones lately, the outrageous markup on concert tickets, and how if the aliens are coming to Earth, how they're totally going to focus their energies on our little town, and maybe already have? It's Friday, June 23rd. I'm David Figler, and here's what Las Vegas is talking about. Hey, Vogue and Sonia, you ready for some Friday fun? Friday. Is it is it fun, David? I don't feel the fun yet. I'm going to sing the Rebecca Black song just to let you know how excited I am about Friday. But I'll do that after this recording. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Rebecca Black and that song Friday was in the news. What? Apparently, the A's tweeted out something that some people took as a dig about Rebecca Black. Way too complicated to explain. But she shot back on Twitter. Oh, by the way, I don't agree with what you just said. And also sell your friggin' team. Wow. Okay, yeah. even Rebecca Black is weighing in. That should tell you something about the unpopularity of this. Even Rebecca Black is in on the anti-A's ownership <laughs> bandwagon. Woof. Amazing. All right. Well, we've got a lot of news and things that happened uh, as we recover from the Stanley Cup Finals win. Woo. Getting back to reality, including some really nasty fire in the Valley. Folk, what's going on with fires in Las Vegas? Oh, my God. It's so terrible, y'all. I mean, so literally we got the official first day of summer and a fire blaze. Like, all right, people, it's going to be hot. Super Uh, blaze. (laughs) So off of uh, South Buffalo Drive in the 215, a building that was being constructed apparently went up in smoke. So... Thankfully, no one no one died. One firefighter was transported um, to a hospital on Tuesday for treatment for mm. smoke inhalation, but he was released. So no one no one died, which is the good news. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the the fire, I guess, started from inside of the building, and the firefighters made a note that you can't like put out a fire that's inside from the outside. So they would have had to have gone into the building to try to like fight the fire and there was no way because the building wasn't completed. Oh. Um, but it was a five-story building. The flames were like got up to like 100 feet in the air. Yeah, the pictures were crazy. It looked like a fire tornado. So the firefighters noted like this was impressive and overwhelming and like even the wind blew embers off and into the sky it was hitting palm trees it was hitting Oof. dumpsters it would hit, like bushes were on fire yeah. so i mean like low-key middle-key armageddon looking right i um, saw that it actually jumped the freaking 215 like eight lane freeway and set some Jesus. trees across the freeway on fire because yeah. our winds right yeah. our winds oh, are yeah. so high right but as big and as Uh, I'm going to use their words, impressive as this particular fire was, not the first one we've seen and sadly probably not going to be the last one. Uh, We talked about it very briefly uh, in in our newscasts here on on CityCast Las Vegas that 
Uh, at least one elected official, Brian Knutson from the city of Las Vegas, is calling for an investigation on how these are kind of happening uh, with such regularity and what the mm-hmm. cause of these are. We've seen major fires in North Las Vegas. Uh, we've seen big fires in other apartment complexes that were under construction. So at least with Councilman Knutson, uh, he's looking at some fires that occurred in his ward. Uh, specifically, there was a fire at an apartment complex called The Tides. He has asked for investigation on what's causing these fires. He's talking about how we've had uh, three fires in three years and how unacceptable that is. Uh, hmm. So he wants to get into the bottom of this complex. He wants to get into the bottom of another fire at a place called Lantana Apartments and how there are multiple calls out and how people are either being injured or in you know one event killed. And I think he, also on his mind is probably what happened at the big Alpine fire that people will probably oh, remember gosh. from 2019, where there was an enormous loss of life mm-hmm. and many fire investigations uh, and maybe not a lot of action uh, to you know, prevent it. You know, these horrific blazes, which are also in the case of this most recent fire, like immediately destroying 600 plus more units of necessary housing for our community. Interesting. So there's yeah. a lot of things yeah. at play there. I think maybe the bigger question, though, is how can we as a community do a better job? Because I think the firefighters are doing everything they can. Sure. You know, they don't want to go in and, and see these big fires. They would love them to prevent it. So what do you guys think are the the major causes of so many fires in our valley? So I've been doing a bit of digging online into some of the stats on house fires and residential fires. Yeah. The numbers seem to vary year to year, but most sources agree that at least one of the top two sources of residential fires in houses and apartments is cooking. So I know that both of you love to cook. Everybody stop cooking. <laughs> Everybody stop cooking. <laughs> No, I think it's about construction. I think that whenever we're creating buildings, like it, in certain places, there are things that are done to make a building more earthquake safe, right? There's like mm-hmm. springs inside of the the columns and the things that hold up the building so that if it shakes, it'll shake, shake, shake and return back to its original form. So what are the ways that our buildings can be more fire safe? What needs to be, what kind of precautions need to be made so that it's easier for the fire department to find a way to get into the building? So I think it starts from from the foundation. How is the building built? When was it built? What is there a sprinkler system? Is, is Are there other ways to get water into a building? Right. Um, and also, I think we've got some really interesting technology as well. Like the firefighters for this fire had some kind of like kind of crane type device to try to get them closer to the fire to put it out. But it was too, it was still burning too hot for them to even get close. So I think we've also got to think about what kind of technology do we have to fight fire as well. So prevention and then new cool ways to put out fire. I think we need those two things um, in space. I, I would also add in accountability because a lot of these big developers, which you know hold a lot of sway, they don't want to be regulated. They, I think, in a lot of ways, they do push back on some of the things that come at them from a cost perspective, uh, security at at places that are uh, under construction. We we do see uh, arson coming up a, a lot in some of these, but also vagrancy and people squatting in some of these um, buildings. How do they get in there? How come no one's watching it? And sometimes that happens as well. And especially if you have buildings that aren't really secured or monitored, you're going to get people moving in there and starting fires to keep warm or cook food or whatever. And then you get the inevitable result. 
what I think I'm hearing is that we need both systemic solutions and personal decisions that are like about individual safety. And we have to have all those pieces in together, right? We have to have safety checks and accountability, David, for places like the Alpine Motel, where the sa- the emergency doors were locked or the, the mm. fire systems hadn't been checked, you know, or hadn't been safe. And then on the individual accountability side, like, let's all learn that, for example, don't throw water on a grease fire, you know, smother it and of air and uh, cover it up with baking soda or salt or, uh, you know, learn how to use a fire extinguisher. Make sure that your batteries are, are replaced in your fire and smoke alarms. So I think it's really that that two-part piece of systemic accountability and then individual responsibility together, hand in hand. Well, let's talk about something completely different, and that is what's becoming these outrageous concert ticket costs for people who want to go see shows here in Las Vegas. I mean, Sonia, what are some examples we're seeing? Oh, my gosh. The other day, you guys, I saw this news come out that the hotly anticipated Adele concert, which, as you remember, had to be canceled earlier because of the whole COVID scare. less than 24 hours before the concert was supposed to start. I mean, people have been waiting for Adele to come to Vegas. Sold out so fast. Guess what? Resale market, these tickets are selling for a whopping $12,000 per ticket. Jesus. No. Yes. So like regular nosebleed seats? I don't even know what the seats are. Are people buying them at that cost? Or is that what people are trying to sell them for? Oh, no. Literally have been sold at SeatGeek for that amount, according to the mirror.co.uk. And then some of them are being (laughs) listed as high as like 15K. So people really want these tickets. But is that the same? Beyonce, T-Swift, BTS, all these really major big event concerts that sell out are... Are the resale market, as we very uh, genteely call uh, scalpers, uh, are they making that kind of bucks on this? I mean, they must be, right? I mean, if you think about the profit Mm. margin on these tickets, I mean, Dell tickets were pricey to begin with, several hundred dollars. So, I mean, a markup of three times that or four times that is a pretty good profit margin for these these scalpers. Yeah, but I mean, or that's like eight like, times it. Jimmy. Right. That's like supply and demand, I guess, right? Ugh. Vogue, how much oh. is too much for a ticket? Definitely that price is too much yeah. for a ticket. <laughs> what, 15 uh, grand is your limit? <laughs> it's like 14 grand, I'm good, but 15, not even for Adele. Well, I'm looking here. I mean, if you want to go see Beyonce, I'm looking at Ticketmaster right now. If you want to go see Beyonce on August 26th at the Allegiant Stadium, if you want to sit in Beehive A, it's $1,500, almost $1,600. And then you hit, you know, whatever else comes along. But it doesn't cost that much to see Beyonce. And I love Adele, but Adele is not flipping upside down. She ain't going to have as much pyrotechnics, et cetera, as Beyonce does. So to be that close to Beyonce, to get some Beyonce possible sweat costs less than whatever the scalpers are doing for these Adele tickets. No. I can't do it. And I I mean So you're not going to do a mortgage payment for <laughs> one concert? It depends on how mu- I mean how much money you have, how much you love the artist. You know, I'm sure there's somebody who probably would have paid that much and maybe regrets not I don't know, putting their house up, <laughs> you know, taking out a home equity loan so they could see Prince in in Prince's last um right. performance, oh, right? right? So you don't know 
how long these great artists will be here. And so I understand somebody wanting to see a phenomenal artist and and kind of going to whatever lengths, depending on what else they give up. So you don't know what people are giving up in order to be able to take out these vast amounts of money to pay for to see a performer. Right, right. And I think there's something about like a Vegas residency where people really make it an experience. Like this is a special trip. They save up to come to Vegas. They save up for like the Vegas weekend, the Vegas show that they're, they've been talking about all year. Mm-hmm. And there is a certain bar for Vegas shows that maybe don't exist elsewhere, but mm-hmm. also that whole Ticketmaster thing. I mean, their fees can be, as I understand it, extraordinarily high, like up to 30% even sometimes that add to the ticket prices. Mm -hmm. And then we've also talked about why some ticket prices can be higher in Vegas just because of the scarcity of venue or the fact that, you know, if they are going to come here, they need to make certain amount of money. So those factors can raise the the ticket price as well. But whoosh, you know, the, the days of going and checking a show over at the Aladdin Theater for the Performing Arts for 20 bucks, uh, which is my childhood <laughs> experience, are long gone. Oh. But I, I, is there is there a, a, a high threshold? Like, what is the most amount of money that you guys would pay to see which particular artist? Like, who is the Oof. artist that would get you to your limit and what is the limit? Man, okay, musical fans are going to hate me because it's not that high. But I would say I would pay I would pay $1,000 if they resurrected the original Beatles crew, including John Lennon. And oh, had... it. That's, that's a ridiculous answer. You have to pay much more for reanimated Lennon. Yeah, that's fair. Okay. I mean, are you talking about holograms or are you talking about some sort she of wants, weird biblical she miracle? Flesh. She I, wants I want, flesh. I want Abbey Road era Beatles, I think, is what oh I want. So... And on the tambourine, Lazarus. <laughs> yeah, wow. so maybe I want a time machine on top of that. Oh, my God. I'm, I'm and, sorry, and I'm too only cheap. a grand for that? I'm too and cheap. only a grand? I, okay, wow. fine. Three grand if it includes a time machine. Okay. I don't know. What about you, Vogue? Uh, are we going to get a serious answer now? <laughs> the resurrected Beatles. Who, who, who's alive, Vogue? Would you oh. pay your top to- dollar for? How come I have to have parameters? <laughs> um, I feel like depending on you know where I'm at in life, right around two thousand, you know, wouldn't be horrible. Especially for me, I would have to package it as an entire like full experience. So like myself, my sister, my play sister, like all of us going or like taking all the girls. And as far as people, I mean, like Beyonce is always high on the list. And and my thing is like, you know, with Tina Turner passing, mm. it's like when I think mm. about, okay, who are the legends that are still here that I would want to see? And so, and not even necessarily in their prime, because I think prime is... um a subjective term. Like right now, Janet Jackson is touring. And so for her to be touring in her 50s is like, that's still a phenomenal thing to see as well. So I think I just run down just a lovely list of divas. Like I wonder how Mariah's doing. I would not cut the check. I'll tell you who I would not cut the check for though would be Lauren Hill. Someone would have to give me money <gasps> to sit for whoever knows how long it would take for her to show up to a show. Oh, because you don't trust her. She don't show up. Yeah. You can't have thousands of dollars sis and not show up on a timely fact. No. Nah. Right. Or you need to have openers who open right when I walk in. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if someone gave me a ticket, then I would go. Okay. (laughs) Just pack extra water. I need snacks. Yes. (laughs) I need all that. What about you, David? Oh, you know, you both got me thinking. So I'm remembering all the concerts that I saw that were people 
like right before their death and so happy that I did get to see them. Mm-hmm. Bucket list folks like Prince, Ray Charles, who is somebody who I always wanted to see and I got to see oh. him before he passed. Uh, Don Rickles I got to see before he passed. So, I mean, these are like fun things to think about, like when you're talking about how much you would spend. But as far as like legitimate, I was talking with my friends uh, about this very question and we all kind of agreed that the one person we would probably pay the 500 bucks a seat to go see, especially if it was in an intimate theater, would be Tom Waits. Uh, doesn't I, I don't know that Tom Waits has ever performed in Las Vegas. That would be kind of amazing hmm. to see Tom Waits go through his catalog. Uh, if any of our listeners have a connect to Tom Waits, to Tom Waits let yeah, him know that just, David Figler wants to see him perform in Vegas. Yeah, <laughs> want him to jump out his skin and dance around in his bones. Wow. That was my Tom Rally Waits voice. impression. Yeah, nice. it was really good. Oh, all right. Well, I don't think those ticket prices are going down anytime soon. So if you do shout the cash for your favorite artists, let us know about it. We want to hear your stories, too. All right, let's move on to the last uh, visiting artists. Um, <laughs> the aliens. Aliens. What, what is going on with aliens? Look, Las Vegas has always been, for a lot of reasons, sort of an alien-centric place. Uh, well, Nevada it, it, broadly. Well, Nevada broadly. I mean, obviously, Area 51 is nearby. The uh, notorious Skinwalker Ranch over in Utah isn't too far and was an obsession of some of our alien enthusiasts here in Las Vegas. But it goes deep, deep, deep. So the story of the moment is that some Metro body cam caught a shining light descending towards Las Vegas in the sky and others saw it as well. Uh, And then there was unrelated or perhaps related a call from people that there was uh, something in their backyard maybe it was 10 feet tall creatures metro went investigated land in their backyard from the sky was that the story uh you know who knows what the story is okay because i I thought i saw a photo of like a circular (laughs) ring in the dirt in their backyard Maybe like of so. an impact, you know what I mean? Yeah, it looked kind of yeah. like a mini crop circle. Right. <laughs> and NASA said it was a meteor. But, you know, in Las Vegas, people are going to go, well, obviously the aliens are coming here. It's not a myth that Las Vegas is visible from outer space because we got some bright lights. And if there were going to be visitors coming, I would think that's kind of the beacon. I mean, literally, the Luxor is a beacon. So (laughs) what is our obsession with aliens out here in the West? Why do these myths and beliefs persist? I think it has a lot to do with how much open space there is and how spread out people are. You know, I think something like 60 or 63% of Nevada is actually federal land. It's a lot of like... I don't want to say open nothing because the desert isn't nothing, but it's a, it's sparsely populated, right? And so I think that kind of leads to you either maybe seeing something and then not necessarily having people around you to kind of corroborate the fact that you've seen something. And then on top of that, I mean, if you think about our incredible night skies, right, the super dry air and how clear it out it is out here allows you to actually really stare up into space and look at the stars and the galaxies and maybe kind of lets you... Think a little bit more about what's actually out there. Hmm. I mean, we do have an Air Force Base, too. And my guess is that experimental uh, air vehicles get 
ah. uh, tested and things like that. I mean, Vogue, are are you in any way enraptured in alien fever that seems to hit Las Vegas on a regular? I don't think I'm enraptured by it. Like, I don't know. I I feel I think about aliens the way I think about most animals where I'm like, if I leave you alone, you're going to leave me alone. <laughs> like, that's that's my desire. That's how I feel about ghosts. Aliens, <laughs> like, ghosts, and rattlesnakes. Not messing with you. If I leave you alone, you leave me alone. These are the rules of engagement. You yes. know, I don't, I don't want to pose any threat. I need you to not pose any threat to me. So I, I just tread lightly. I'm not on the search. I'm not on the hunt. I think there's really interesting things that that pop up. And I think it's easy for the lore to grow in places that have like a lot of rural area, a lot of mm. area where like you just don't know what happens. Uh, I think paranoia adds to it. Like if you hear a noise, you're like, what, what was that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> the the yeah. fear that comes out of the unknown. And I don't, you know, I don't think some things aren't meant to be known and understood. I don't need to go to the bottom of the ocean. I, I'm good. I don't need to go there. Whatever's happening there is not messing with me. Right, right. And I wonder, too, how much of it has to do with the fact that so much of, like, the West was really growing at a time when we America was entering the space race, right? And space and space exploration was, like, really in the American consciousness. You know, that's sort of hmm. when our city started to really start to boom out West, so... Reading through the article, like that, the flash of light that was captured was from a an officer's body camera footage. And I'm like, oh look, your body cam works for this. <laughs> You'll yeah. release that footage, right? They'll release that footage. Yeah. There's a lot of reasons why the aliens would come to Las Vegas, uh, especially if they need some public financing for a new <laughs> rocket ship or something. Oh, sh- but. Uh, <laughs> We've been obsessed for a long time. A- anyone who's lived in Las Vegas for a-, a long while has probably followed the reporting of, of reporter George Knapp. Uh, he definitely is the preeminent reporter in maybe the world about alien phenomena. Hmm. Uh, people who used to listen to the dearly departed Art Bell, who used to broadcast from a mystery location in Pahrump late, late at night on AM radio, talking to people who have danced with aliens who are former high-level military to tell about secrets at Area 51 and other installations. I mean, that kind of fed it a little bit, and that was right in our backyard. There's also this bonkers Politico article that came out a couple of years ago that is amazing, and we have to link it in the show notes. Uh, The title of it was How Harry Reid a terrorist interrogator, and the singer from Blink-182 took Aliens Mainstream. What? That's the title. Can you give us a summary in like two sentences? I'm going to try, but this talks about, it starts at a meeting way back in 1995 near McCarran, at the time McCarran Airport. It was funded by this guy named Robert Bigelow, who listeners to the podcast will probably recognize his name uh, as being a big motel magnet who was the biggest funder for Joe Lombardo's campaign and who also has been dabbling in aerospace like Elon Musk. Anyway, he called this meeting for scientists and engineers and a CIA spy, former army colonels and Apollo astronauts, and Harry Reid. And they all just kind of hung out and were talking about like how aliens are real and how they're doing all these different experiments and blah, 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 blah. This article is just really great. But Harry Reid went there saying, don't tell anyone I was here because I don't want to lose credibility. And then some 25 years later, he gave permission to 
tell the story. And George Knapp's involved in the story. Lots and lots of Las Vegas connections. What, what was the upshot of that meeting, though? The upshot of the meeting is that aliens are real, that we are doing this stuff in our government. And in fact, at one point, like, I think it was Marco Rubio or someone else had done, like, let's release all of the records. And then when they came out, they were completely redacted, just fueling huh. the fire of conspiracy. But Las Vegas being ground central for all this alien talk. So a lot of people dismiss it as being a bunch of Paloma nonsense, like aliens aren't real, come on. But if they are, Vegas is seemingly a ground central for this conversation. Totally fascinating. And the most recent uh, sighting just fueling, I hate to say it, that fire. (laughs) Somebody has to ban us from using metaphors. So Vogue and Sonia, (laughs) if the aliens are real and they are in Las Vegas, what are they up to? I don't know what they're doing, but hopefully they're living a lovely, peaceful life and enjoying our weird climate. I... I have so many friends who have like little alien tattoos and like love the little trinkets and just love the idea of saying like they're just they're not of this world and and not the not the Jesusy version of that but the more like I'm different and mm. that there's more out there in the world and so maybe that's part of the the Vegas appeal of people feeling feeling like they're different and using alien as a, a way to describe themselves as as different and not tethered to our little our little blue swirl in space. Mm-hmm. What do you think mm-hmm. they're doing, Sonia? To be honest with you, I think the chances of alien life existing in the universe are very high, but I'm talking like bacteria. So chances of like intelligent <laughs> alien life, forgive me, I'm a skeptic. I'm a sci-fi fan. I want to believe, <gasps> but I'm also a skeptic. I don't know. I'm disappointed. Well, Sonia. if it is kind of intelligent bacteria, maybe that's the reason why we're seeing mm-hmm. a bunch of pools being shut down in Las Vegas. <laughs> maybe... That's what's there and not chlamydia. Alien bacteria shut down Planet Hollywood's pool. It's not the chlamydia, you guys. It's alien bacteria. Yeah, not to say that there's chlamydia at the Planet Hollywood no, sorry. pool, but right. they, they have should... recently been shut down for whatever reasons that I'm sure they're taking care of. Right. Ugh. And on that note, hey, Vogue and Sonia, always uh, intriguing talking about our week's events, and I love the Friday News Roundup with you guys. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks, David. Thanks. That's all for today here on CityCast Las Vegas. Our producers are Sonia Cho Swanson, Layla Mohammed, and A.K. Al Moomin. Our newsletter editor is Scott Dickensheets, and our hosts are Vogue Robinson and me, David Figler. Special thanks to CityCast newsletter editor Adrian Gonzalez. Music is by OG Moose and all the kimonos. We record the show on the traditional homeland of the new movie, The Southern Paiute People. If you enjoy the show, why not tell a friend? Rate the show, leave us a review, and subscribe to our morning newsletter. We'll be back Monday morning with more news from around the city, including updates on our new alien overlords. Hey, you take care, everyone. <laughs>